So last week, Pastor Troy uh, preached the message, Fear Not. And um, he told me last week that he was going to be gone. They were going to be gone this week and asked me to uh, stand in for him. And, and um, as he began to preach last week, I'm sitting here on the front row. And as he began to go through the first scripture, um, you guys probably saw me on my phone quite a bit. My head was down because I was reading a lot of scripture. Uh, and the Lord just began to speak to me and give me some uh, the message like right then. So um, over the over last week, up until Wednesday, I had, I think, most of the scriptures that you're going to hear uh, and that we're going to read today. Um, and then on Wednesday night, man, we had a great time at Bible study with the men and some more things kind of came out of out of that conversation. And um, so I'm excited to be with you this morning to to share God's word. Amen. So why fear not part two? Pastor Troy did a good job preaching last week. Amen. Um, but God said, this is where I want you to be because this is what my people need to hear. Amen. So it's not um, some clever thing and it's not something that I just kind of came up with just to make it easier for me to not have to pick out a new title and new picture for the program this morning. Amen. But there's some very specific things. Every scripture in here uh, we didn't hear last week and I thought it at least there'd be one or two. The Lord have me kind of reiterate and go over again. But uh, that wasn't the case. It's some very specific scripture. Um, and why fear not is because God doesn't want us to fear. Plain and simple. You can go all the way back to the book of Genesis. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, he is telling his people not to fear, not to be in fear. Why? Because if we're full of fear, we can't be full of faith. He wants us to be full of faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And fear has a way of neutralizing our faith when we allow it. Amen? But as we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 22, the Lord is speaking to his people. He says, you must not fear them. Now, you got to understand now, this, he's speaking to the, uh, the nation of Israel, speaking to his people. Of course, they had a lot of opposition coming up against them. Amen. If you read the scriptures, they were at war. They were under attack from other nations. Other kings would come together to destroy the nation. But God would speak to his people. He would speak through Moses, his mouthpiece. And he would tell his people, he says, you must not fear them. Why? He says, for the Lord, your God himself fights for you. He says, I'm going to do the fighting for you. It doesn't matter if you don't have enough men. It doesn't matter if you don't have enough horses and chariots. He says, the Lord, your God, your God. He reminded him not that just he's the Lord, but that I'm your God. I will fight for you. Amen. We move on ahead in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. He says this. This is him speaking again to the people. And he also repeats this same verse uh, to Joshua. But he says, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. 
He won't leave us alone. I know sometimes we feel lonely. How many of you know you can be in a room full of people and still feel lonely? It can happen, and it happens all the time. You can feel like you're the only one going through something. You can feel like you're the only one that knows what you're dealing with. But God is the one who's always with you. That's his promise right there, church. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I won't turn my back on you. Why? Because I already turned my back on my son for you. So why would I now turn my back on you? Why would I allow my son to go through all that he went through just to turn my back on you now? That's not our God. And this is the reason why we have to know our God. You know God's character. You know him to be true. He's been saying it from the very beginning. He was in Joshua, speaking to Joshua. He says, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them. I have delivered them. It's a done deal. He says to Joshua, I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man. Not a man of them, not one, shall stand before you. Not one shall stand before you. In other words, doesn't mean that they won't come against you, but they won't have victory over you. He said, I've already delivered them into your hand. So when you've already won, what are you worrying about? If it's already done, if it's already finished, if it's already completed, and there's nothing else for you to do except walk in what God has called you to walk in. And just trust him. Amen? Judges chapter 6, verse 29 says, Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Somebody must have thought they was going to die. <laughs> Anybody ever felt that way? Felt like you was going to die? I mean, when I was young, I used to see these little kids in my neighborhood. We used to go to the park all the time. We used to wrestle and just cut up and have a good time. And I saw these little guys, man, they used to do these backflips. Just like 10 in a row. They used to make it look so easy. But I, I was skinny, but I was never that little and light. And they just made it look, I mean, it was, they just kept going and going and going. I mean, they, it was crazy. So when nobody was around, I thought I'd give it a shot. Oh, Lord. I took off running. I did my little cartwheel, a little, what they call it, a handspring. And then I went. And I did not rotate. <laughs> and I came falling down. It felt like it was in slow motion. Ooh, on my back, there was no air left in me. None. I'm standing there looking up at the sky. Tears just streaming down the side of my face. I can't move. I can't yell for help. Nothing. The only thing that got me up was the girl next door ran all the way down there and looked at me. And she fell out laughing. She didn't bust out laughing. She didn't call for help. 
She didn't say you all right. She took off running. It was the embarrassment of the girl seeing it all go down that woke me up out of that day and I caught a breath and I got up. I said, Lord, that's the last time I'm going to try that. I thought I was going to die, y'all. I had no breath left in me. But on a serious note, we've, we've been in dangerous situations. We've been in situations that might have caught us, caught us by off, off guard. Some, some of y'all are probably daredevils. You know, y'all like to do, do things that kind of put you in danger. I was talking to Clint last week, and he said he was telling me about the time I think they went snorkeling or something, and there were sharks in water, and he just, he just went with the sharks. He, you know, he's like, hey, it's shark. I know it's sharks out here, but I'm not. I'm not getting out. Krista, on the other hand, says, you crazy for getting in that water. I'm not getting in that water because I know there's sharks in the water. And I'm a little bit on Kristen's side when it comes to that. If I know there's sharks in the water, I'm not getting in the water. But Clint was like, hey, I'm not afraid, though. I said, well, good for you. Good for you. I said, I just look like this. I ain't stupid, though. <laughs> but, we, you know, we all get in a situation sometimes, man, where the enemy might use a, a, a circumstance to try to cause the spirit of fear to come over us. But that is not for us. Amen? It's not for us. Here it is, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. He says, so he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, this is the prophet Elisha speaking to his servant. The servant had seen the, the kings that had come together in, in the armies that had come together to come against Israel. He's seen them with his own eyes in the flesh. And he came back to Elisha and he said, this is what I, this is what I saw. And Elisha said, I see an army that they don't see, scattered all over the hills and all over the mountains and all throughout the valley. And th those who are with us are more than those who are against us. He had no fear because he had seen in the spirit and believed what he saw. Amen? And therefore, fear did not overtake him. I was sharing with Burke this morning. Guess what? We are, we all experience fear. That's a true statement, right? We all experience fear. Fear comes to us through situations, through circumstances, through the lies of the enemy. So we experience it. Even as Christians, we experience fear. But fear should never be able to overtake us should never be able to control us. Amen? First Chronicles 28 and 20 says this, And David said to his son Solomon, again, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. This is a father encouraging his son. I want to encourage the fathers to encourage their sons. Not just to not be afraid, 
but to do and be what God has called you to do and be. Amen? He says, he will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. How many of you know that God has a call upon each and every one of our lives? And they may all be different, but he has a call on each and every one of our lives. He saved you for a purpose. He redeemed you for a purpose. He had a plan for your life. And it far supersedes anything that you can imagine. But in order for us to walk it out, in order for us to experience what it is that he has in store for us, we got to trust him. We have to believe not only that, that he is who he says he is, but we have to believe what he says about us. And not just what's written in the scriptures, but what has he spoken to you in your heart? What has he put on the inside of you? That because of fear, you have not stepped out on faith to do. Listen, God is not saying just go off and just do anything. Anything your little heart desires. That's not what he's saying. But he still has a great purpose. And he's put it on the inside of us. And he draws it out. But when he calls us, will we answer? Will our answer be yes? Will it, will it be, I'll go? Will it be, I'll say? Everybody's not called to go overseas. Some of us, our mission field is right here, where we work, where we go to school, where we grocery shop, where we get gas. It's in your household for sure. It's definitely with our, our spouses and with our children. None of it should be taken lightly because it's all important. Amen? But God has a purpose for us. And so we shouldn't allow fear to keep us from walking in that purpose and doing and being what God has called us to do and to be. Amen? Psalms chapter 27, verse 1 through 6. Now, we're going to declare this thing together. Amen? We're going to declare this thing together. Why read it aloud? Because when you read it aloud, you hear it. And when you hear it, your faith is strengthened. Amen? Y'all ready? He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Sound like a song, doesn't it? He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He says, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon 
a rock. That's our God. That's our God. That's his promise to us. And David knew it. How did he know it? Because he heard it. How did he hear it? Because God said it. And guess what, guys? We got the same testimony. We got the exact same testimony. We believe what we heard because God said it. And if God said it, it's true. Amen? Why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. He can't. He doesn't have that ability. He can't lie and he can't fail. Why would anyone serve a God that could, that would? Would God be God if he could or would? Absolutely not. And verse 6 says this, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. Let me tell you something. This man was in the midst of all kinds of trouble. You go back and read David's story. He was in the midst of all types of trouble. He was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy man. He had a lot. He had a lot of possessions. He had gold and silver. He had land. He had armies. He had cattle, livestock. He had it all. Anything that you would want to have materialistically. He even had things that he shouldn't have had. Like another man's wife. Yet and still, he knew his God. He trusted his God. And sometimes, you know, it's so easy for us when we mess up. For some reason, we tend to think that because we messed up, God is going to renege on his promises. That's not how God is. That's not our God. Amen. God is faithful to his promises. Therefore, he is faithful to us. Remember, the scripture says that his word will not return to him void. Right. And it's not depending, dependent upon us. For it to come to pass. What's depending on, upon us is how much of it we're going to receive. How much of it are we going to experience? Amen? Here's another one. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. He says, God is our refuge and strength. You believe that, church? God is our refuge and strength strength. We can go to him. We can run to him. Any moment, any time, doesn't matter if times are good, times are bad. He is our refuge. 
and he is our strength. How many of you aren't, are you glad that it's, you don't have to depend upon your own strength? Anybody's strength ever give out on them? You do enough push-ups, it'll go out on you. I know I'm not the oldest one in the room, but I'm not getting no younger. I can't do them like I used to. I feel them now. I feel them. Everybody, we ain't got the same bounce back as we one had. Ain't that right, Mr. Bob? Gotta be wise. Verse 2, he says, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. Even though the earth be removed, I will not fear. He says, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Just imagine. Just imagine that. Something so catastrophic taking place. Something so chaotic taking place. The mountains being carried into the midst of the sea. He says, even in the midst of that. I will not fear. Do you think he's saying that because of him or because he has a revelation of God? He has a revelation of God. God's power, God's ability, God's love for him. Amen? He says, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, I will not fear. Sounds to me, guys, like he made a decision. He made a choice. It was a conscious decision to say, you know what? I am not going to fear. I am not going to worry. I am not going to be anxious. We have that same ability. We have that same opportunity to stand up and declare, wait a minute. God is for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? What can be against me? I know the enemy will come. I know that he would throw his fiery darts. But guess what the, the scripture says about that? It says that the shield of faith will extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. The shield of faith. So our faith is what shields us from what? From fear. Amen? Anybody have the shield of faith? We have the shield of faith. Guys, even when you don't feel like you have it, even when you feel like your, your faith is weak, even when you're struggling to believe something is going to work out for your good, you still have the shield of faith. And the moment you remember that, it's over for the enemy. The moment you remember that, it's over. His attack is over. Why? Because it can't affect you in the same way. It can't overtake you, can't overcome you, can't subdue you. The moment you remember, and that's why I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit, because that's what he does. He reminds us. He reminds us of who we are. He reminds us of what God has already done on our behalf. He reminds us of what God has already given us. Amen? Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, 
for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. For I am your God. Why do you think God had to tell people so often not to fear and that he is their God? Why? God knows all. And he knows where we are and in what state we are in at all times. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. Sometimes we're just unaware of where we are. It reminds me of the the garden after Adam and Eve had fell and they had gone and taken fig leaves and and made clothes for themselves. And God come into the the garden. He says, Adam, where are you? It's not that God didn't know where his location was. But he asked that of Adam so that Adam would become aware of what his sin did. It put a gap. Put a great expanse between him and God. Between man and God. And, and Adam had no idea of the gravity of his decision, of the choice that he had made. So sometimes we're not aware of our state until God delivers us. And then we look back. Anybody ever just look back on our lives and see now that you've been saved? Just how good God has been to you. Just how awesome he's been. All the things that he had delivered you from and saved you from. Maybe some of your friends, maybe some of your family members might have taken the same route. And for some reason they didn't make it. But his hand was on your life. He preserved you. You were out there doing some of the same thing. And God saw fit to preserve your life. Amen. Sometimes it's not until later on that you look back and realize just how good God has been. Amen. Here we are. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 8. He says, do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? This is what God is saying. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? He says, you are my witnesses. He says, is there a God besides me? Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Now, God knows everything. And if God says, I know not one other like me, then there is no other like him. In other words, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. If it's contrary to what God says, you need to leave it alone. You need to turn your back on it. You need to walk away from it. Because only God 
can be trusted with your whole heart. Amen? Only God can be trusted with your whole heart. Isaiah chapter 54 and 4 says, Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Now he's speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people, to the nation. But how many of us have a past? Sometimes when we look back on our past, we, we might feel ashamed. We might feel disgraced. We might feel some of that shame. But I'm telling you right now, that is not for you. The scripture says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. So when condemnation comes, and it will, because it does, you can reject it. You can say no. How many of you know you have the power to say no? When the enemy comes at you and speaks something to you that is contrary to what God has said about you and what God has said to you, you can say no. You can say, I won't receive that. I can't receive that. The devil is a liar. Let God be true and every man be a lie. I'm going to stand on God's word. He keeps telling us over and over and over and over again. Why? Because he wants us to get it. He doesn't want us to fear. Amen? Where at? Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive it, church. Come on, somebody say, I don't have fear. He says, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we, we cry, Abba, Father. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's what it says right here, right? Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 7 through 14, this is the Apostle Paul encouraging the young pastor Timothy. Come on, quote this first scripture with me, guys. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You believe that, church? Amen. So when fear comes to you, just like any other sin, we can reject it. We can reject fear. Amen? And it's the moment that you are reminded by the Holy Spirit, the moment you, re you, you remember that God has not given me a spirit of fear, the next thing you should do is say it. I said, once you remember, say it. Because when you don't say it, guess what happens? The enemy don't hear it. You got to put him on notice. You got to make him aware. Wait a minute. I know who I am. I know who my God is. I know that's not for me. The scripture says this. Therefore, submit to God. Then resist the devil. And he will flee from you. 
We submit to God when we hear his word and we say amen to that. And it's then when we're equipped with that word that we can resist the devil. And he has to flee. Scripture says he will flee. Doesn't say he has an option. Says he will. Why? Because he can't stand up against the word. You got to understand, we have to remember that the word is not just vocabulary. The word of God is Jesus Christ. Amen. So he must flee. Because he is no match for Jesus Christ. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Amen. So let's continue. He says in verse 8, he says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. He says, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before time began. God had a plan. Amen? He had a plan and he still has a plan. Verse 10, he says, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He has done what to death? He has abolished death. Therefore, we don't have to fear death. Amen? Verse 11. He's, am I on verse 11? All right, here we go. Verse 11. He says, to which I was, I might need them glasses once in a while. To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. I am not ashamed because I know who I have believed. And I am persuaded that he, God, is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. God is faithful. Be reminded of how faithful and how good and how gracious, how loving, how patient God is. It's not too late. It's not over. Man, if you set something aside that the Lord has laid on your heart to do, man, pick it back up and move forward in faith, believing, believing that God is going to bring it to pass in your life. Amen? Verse 13 says this. He says, hold fast the pattern of sound words, sound words which you have heard from me, in what? In faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Amen? Guys, that's good news right there. And that's great encouragement. 
And it's no wonder that that Timothy was able to move forward and and go on and do what God has called him to do and created him to do. Amen. The people that we read about in the scriptures, guys, are no different from us. Some of them got to see Jesus in the flesh. Most of them did not. So we can relate to most of the people that we read about in the scriptures. There were men and women just like us. Different time period. Yes, I understand. But they were people just like us. And they overcame. And we too shall overcome. Amen? We were talking a little bit on uh, Wednesday night about uh, Job and his experience and his life and all the things that he'd gone through and how Satan had come to before the presence of for the presence of God and he didn't even say anything about Job but God just decided to mention Job have you considered my servant Job have you considered my servant Job and the enemy says well you got this hedge of protection all around him you, you've given him everything his family and riches and livestock and all of these different things you got he's got all of this stuff why wouldn't he believe in you he says but if you take his stuff away he'll curse you to your face that's what he said god said okay take his stuff we'll see so the enemy took him up on it he went out and he took his took his stuff took his kids took his livestock all of his worldly possessions. Left his wife, though. Took his kids and all of his stuff. What was his response? Yes, he was sad. He was heartbroken. But did he stop believing God? No, he kept believing God. He didn't turn his back on God. He still believed. He still prayed. Satan came back second time. God said it again. Have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, but if you touch his life, you touch his, his health, he'll curse you. He'll turn his back on you. God said, go. Just don't touch his life. He went and he Made him sick. Right? To the point to where his wife. Now, now Satan is talking through his wife. He says, you just need to curse your God and die. You in bad shape, Job. You in bad shape. You just need to just curse God and die. Did he do it? He still did. He still believed God. So no matter what Satan did, there's two things he couldn't take from Job. He couldn't take his life. And he couldn't take his faith. How different are we from Job? We're not much different from Job. Job was a man just like us. There was no difference. 
How many of you believe that Satan can't take your life and he can't take your faith? He can't do it. Doesn't mean he's not going to try. But he can't do it. He can't prosper. Right? God never promised us that the enemy wouldn't come against us. He just said that he's not going to prosper against us. He can't take our life. He can't have your life. He can't have your faith. Here we go. John chapter 10, verse 9 to 10 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the door. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be what? Saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. He says, the thief. Now, who do you think he's talking about? He's talking about Satan. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In other words, the life that we have is no longer that temporary life. We now have eternal life. And that's the life that can't be taken away from from us. Amen? There's nothing that the enemy can do to take, to remove the life, the abundant life that Jesus has given us. Nothing. Doesn't mean he's not going to come forward and try to get us to, to believe otherwise. As long as Jesus hadn't come back yet, guess what? The enemy's going to keep fighting, y'all. And guess what? Until Jesus comes back, we just need to keep believing. We just need to keep believing. We have to just keep, keep trusting God. Amen? Here we are. 1 Peter. Chapter 1. Verse 3 through 9. Brothers, if you're wondering, this is where we're at right now. So we were in 1 Peter down in Bible study. So uh, we just started this off. Just kicked it off. So I want to encourage you guys to come and join us and be a part of what's going on. But this is where we were um, on uh, this Wednesday. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope. Why? Because Jesus is living. Jesus is our confident expectation of good. Everybody understand that? We say it all the time. Think about that. He's our confident expectation of good. If you're confident about something, you can't worry about something and be confident about it at the same time. Amen? And God wants us to be sure. He wants us to be confident. in his ability, in his word, in his desire to bring things to pass in our lives. Amen? He says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. He got a spot for you. In other words. That's what it means, reserved, right? I got a spot for you. Can't nobody else fill that spot. It's your spot. Amen? 
reserved in heaven for you. He says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. We, he's talking about us, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, he says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if in if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Listen, God didn't promise us that we were not going to have trials. Amen? He says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than, than, than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. We will be tested and our faith will be tested. Amen? Was not Job's taste, uh, faith being tested? It was. Our faith gets tested. Sometimes life will hit you right in the mouth. It's not all about what happens to us. It's about how we respond to it. When we get up, do we still believe God? When we get up, do we still believe we, we win? Absolutely. Right? Just because you fail at something doesn't make you a failure. Just because you might lose something doesn't mean you're a loser. Amen? We are not what we do. We are who he says we are. Amen? We have to remember that. Just because we sin don't mean we sinners. God calls us saints. Why? Because he don't see our sin no more. Why? Because he removed it as far as the east is from the west. Why? Because we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. He says, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. We do not see God, yet we see God. We don't see him with the natural eye. But we see him moving all around us. Isn't that the truth? Believing. Believing. And we rejoice. Amen? Just like when we have an opportunity to pray over someone or pray with someone. And then we hear that report. What do we do? We rejoice with them. And sometimes we cry with them. And that's okay, because the scripture says rejoice with them who rejoice and mourn with those they who mourn. Many of us who had an opportunity to know Mr. Thomas, man, we mourn. Yet at the same time, knowing where he is and knowing how he is, we rejoice. We rejoice. He says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of of your souls. The end of your faith is the salvation of our souls. That's the end game. That's what our faith is supposed to do. It's not works, but our faith, our belief in him. Amen? Here we go. I heard this in a song the other day. I just couldn't get out of my head. It says, life is not breathing. 
Life is knowing God. Just think about that for a second. Life is not breathing. Life is knowing God. Some people on the earth, they got breath in their body, but they don't know God. And because they don't know God, they ain't got life. They might be a living, breathing, walking, talking thing, but guess what? They don't have life if they don't know God. To have life is to know God. To have a relationship, not just know about him, but to have relationship with him. To have communion with him. Amen? This is where we're going to end with. We've got a couple more scriptures here. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. How many of you love? And you are born of God. He says, and knows God. How? Scripture says, we love God because he first loved us. He's the one who really taught us what love really is. Amen? He said, he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Now, some people will look at verse 8 and just let it throw them completely off. Scripture said in verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That's us. Right? When I ask, do you love, you raise your hand, right? Okay, so what does the scripture say? You are born of God and you know God. He who does not love does not know God. He ain't talking about me. He's not talking about you. You love, therefore, you are born of God and you know God. Amen? I want to encourage you, church. Don't be thrown off by everything you don't understand. Believe God's word. God does not contradict himself. If you don't have understanding of something, doesn't mean you have to negate what you do know. Right? Don't allow God is not the author of confusion. Don't allow what you don't understand or what you don't know to override what you do know. Don't allow it to cause you to forget or discard what you do know. Hold on to what you have received until God gives you more revelation of what he's saying. Amen? Last scripture. He says, there is no fear. Somebody says, no fear in love. Why? But perfect love casts off fear. Perfect love, his love, casts off fear. Now, the scripture tells us that God has has shed his love, spread his love abroad in our hearts and minds. Right? He says, perfect love casts off fear because fear involves torment. He says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. 
again, the second part of that scripture can throw you off if you don't know and believe that you have his perfect love in your heart and in your mind. Amen? Don't allow this second part, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You have been made perfect in love. So when it says, but he who fears, listen, fear comes to us. But fear doesn't control us. As human beings, we will experience fear, but we're not going to be led by fear. We're not going to be controlled by fear. Amen? In other words, focus on the love of God. Focus on the love of God. When you remember that God says that he loves us, he is for us, he is with us, he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, you ain't got time to fear. Focus on his love. Amen? And then share that love with one another. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's pray, church. Father God, we thank you again for your word today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for just speaking and giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are not the author of confusion, God, but you bring clarity, you bring revelation, God. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word, God, through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for reminding us by your Holy Spirit of who you are and how you are. Thank you, Father, for your character that never changes. You are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. God, we can trust you. We don't have to fear. And Father, I declare today that we shall not fear. But God, you are with us. You have gone before us. You are all around us. You are always with us. And we thank you, Father, for your power, the power of your word. We thank you, Father, for the truth that has made us free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So, Father, I thank you. As we walk out of this place, Father, we walk out of here free and confident in you, in your word, in your promises to us. Father, all those things, Lord, that you have spoken over our lives and into our lives, Lord, that have laid dormant. Father, breathe life into those, those areas of our lives, God. Revive us. Make us fresh and anew. Give us new joy. Give us new wine. Give us new strength to walk out what you've called us to walk out, to be the men and the men and women and children, God, that you've called and created us to be from the very beginning of time. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.